Welcome to Internet Explorers. I'm Alex. And I'm Andrea. In this day and age, the internet is highly accessible to everyone, but the information can be overwhelming. The goal of this podcast is to not only explore various aspects of the internet, but also analyze how the internet has affected us. We hope you will learn something new to share with others. Today, we'll be talking about the origin of the internet. As a disclaimer, there is obviously a lot to uncover about this topic, and we're not going to be able to talk about all of it in one episode. We're only going to cover what we think is the most important and relevant. But before we start off, we're going to talk about our experience with the internet. So is there anything you want to start off with, Alex? My experience with the internet. Damn, that's a loaded question. Is there like a, the earliest childhood memory? Earliest childhood memory of the internet. Oh, God. I think probably for me in grade four or five, I got my first computer. <laughs> oh, wait, me too. I think oh, so. Really? Yeah, four yeah. or five. <laughs> yeah, I got an HP computer. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Is it a computer or like a laptop? No, no, a computer, like computer. a full PC. Mm-hmm. And it like... It like blew my mind, right? And oh. I had like a free trial to play games because that's all you do as a child, just play games. Free trial, eh? And uh, played games. And I think those games were offline. I don't think I had access to the internet at the time, but I think that computer was a segue is what got me into the right, internet. Right, your access to technology. And then, yeah. And then after that, after those games stopped working, I guess after my parents needed to use the computer for other things, they got internet. I don't remember when the internet was installed for me. Mm. Well, yeah, that was probably my earliest memory of having access to the internet. What about you? Uh, well, for me, I think I'm very lucky that I got my very first laptop at the probably grade four or five. Then it was HP. Damn, you got a you got a laptop like your own? Yeah, I was looking back. I'm like, why did this kid have her own 15 inch laptop? You even know how to use it? <laughs> no, like here's the thing. I think it was so surprising that mm. no one really taught me how to use the internet. Uh, I think I got like my first very own cell phone, probably grade eight. It was like a Samsung. And like, that's something that you can easily learn on. But when you're like a kid and you're having your own laptop. Oh, I do want to ask you, like you had a a family computer basically, right? So uh, even before grade four or five, before I got my laptop, I had a home computer that I just oh, grew really? up with my entire life. So I, I remember playing, was it Microsoft Paint? <laughs> that's the first thing I'd done, right? Yeah. And no one really taught me how to use the internet, how to browse. And mm-hmm. I remember when YouTube, I saw videos and I just kind of worked it myself. So I was very confused, like why my parents and my uncles and aunts, why they would come up to me and be like, hey, can you help us connect to the Wi-Fi? And I was like, okay, I can do that. And then, but it's so weird because no one really taught me how to use it. Mm-hmm. Has anyone taught you? No, definitely not. And I still feel that today. Um, just recently, my mom got like a MacBook Pro Ooh. and I've never used anything Apple related except for an iPhone Mm -hmm. and she was telling me to help her set up on it and I'm like how do you use this right it was really new to me even though like I used computers Mm -hmm. before like for example just using something like control click or alt click Mm -hmm. it's different on the Mac it's um, it is different it's command or it's command click or whatever yeah I I get what you mean I had to learn the thing myself Mm -hmm. no one was teaching me and then I had to teach it to help help my help out my parents as if I knew what I was doing when I clearly didn't know what so I was doing. So how did you teach yourself then? How did I teach myself? It was more, this was the, this is actually the advice I gave my mom when she first got like a PC. Mm-hmm. I told her that like, I, I, I can't help you with everything. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't want to, it's just because how I learned was exploring, right? Like mm-hmm. if I press a button and it does something, I'll be like, okay, I won't do it again, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, 
it's trial and error. It's all about exploring. It's like, oh, what does this button do? Oh, it does that, you know? So that's how I think I learned for the first time. And then I learned through, like, meeting people, like, telling me stuff. So, yeah. So let's say you get, like, a new laptop device. Mm-hmm. Do you go through the instruction manual? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. It's there, right? Yeah. And then I discard it. <laughs> I was like... Sometimes I'll, like, look... Like, maybe I'll look back at it. I'll be like, oh, my God, I could do that? But I rarely Ooh. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you like, you have a serious issue, maybe you would. Yeah, but, but even then, if I have a serious issue, again, we'll just look it up. Exactly. And yeah. I was about to go into that. I was like, growing up as a kid, who taught me that the internet had all the answers? Mm-hmm. That's so weird, that is right? Weird. And yeah. I just thought like, oh, I don't know this math question. <laughs> search up my homework, uh-huh. right? And then search up the social question. Mm-hmm. So like social studies question. And I just thought like, no one really enforced the idea with the internet. And then now all of a sudden, all my families come up to me and ask oh, questions yeah. about the internet. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They asked me too. And I'm just like, <laughs> part of me wants to just like, like, it's like I don't want to help them. But part of me is also want them to learn because mm. I think it's very simple. But then I, I also have to like take a step back and be like, okay, maybe it's simple to me. But to them, it's like a whole new world. It, mm-hmm. it, it's still a new world, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when I was getting, you know, yelled at for going on my phone or computer too much watching youtube mm-hmm. look what my parents are doing now they're literally doing what i did right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, my mom like she doesn't pay attention to me at all and she's like why are you always on that phone and she's like scrolling through facebook exactly like my dad would yell at me, like would complain or yell at me and my brother mm-hmm. like why do you guys have your phone during dinner time i literally go upstairs i see him doing the exact same thing and i'm like what do you mean mm-hmm. you know so yeah, but my first experience with the internet, it's hard to remember because all I remember is getting a computer, playing games, and then that's it. I don't even think I used it for like <laughs> as homework either. Oh, yeah. Time. Like, do you remember using it in school? No. I remember using like the laptops that they give out in school. Oh, right. Yeah. Not give out, borrowed, blend, yeah. but not actually remember doing much on them. I, I My memory is really terrible when it comes to the past. So I really? don't know. I, I miss like those, the simple days where like my school project was to like, put pictures of kangaroos on Microsoft Word and then call it a project and be like, this is what I learned about kangaroos, right? Projects were that simple. I don't even remember a project that that simple. simple. I wish. Okay, so how would you describe the internet in your own words? In my own words? Mm -hmm. In what context? Just describing it like how it is right now? How would you just say it back to yourself? How would I say it back to myself? Honestly. Like Alex, you forgot your memory and you're like, what the hell is the internet? (laughs) if i were to tell myself what's the internet i would just honestly say it's it feels like something i can't live without because like no that's what it means to you yeah because like there are like i I have really bad wi-fi at home Mm. back then even now a little bit and i remember there are times when the wi-fi cuts out and i'm like what do i do it's significant when it's gone yeah right yeah it's so significant and it's funny because like when you think about it's just the internet Right. But like it's so ingrained in my day to day life. Technically, we can survive without the Internet. Yeah. Technically, we don't we need can it, like, survive food. it. But I feel like we've been it's been so attached by the hip. Yeah. So enforced into our life that mm-hmm. it feels like we can't live without the Internet. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that I can't live without the Internet. Probably like now give me, give me maybe a year. If I'm really committed, I'll stop using the Internet. Well, but, off the grid, Alex. Yeah. I actually thought about it. Actually, I, you thought did. I, I was like, you know, a whole year maybe i don't know um <laughs> but i honestly feel like if i were to describe the internet to myself i would just be like it's honestly an amazing tool 
Like you wouldn't take it for granted. No, no, I would never take it for granted. It's given me so much, not just in terms of like learning, but in terms of entertainment as well. I can I consume so much media from it that. I think like the biggest thing when you mention like entertainment, I think it comes with like how instant it comes to. So I think that's just really, really important in our lives because we don't have to work so hard for it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're acknowledging how, how great of technology it is. So let's throw it back to you real quick. What would you tell? I'll ask you the same question you asked me because it's only fair that way. Mm -hmm. What would you tell, I guess, yourself? what the internet is in your own words for me i think the internet just comes down to another form of communication Mm -hmm. and i think it developed into like a love hate relationship in a way Mm -hmm. because i just think like if you think about it it's kind of abnormal to have constant contact with someone Like, oh, I just saw them this morning, but I can still message this person. And then it's kind of expected in a way for people to respond back within the same day, right? And I was just thinking about, I don't know, during the time with my mom, like she would see a friend that day and they probably won't see each other all the time, right? But the fact they can just always hit someone up, Mm -hmm. it's a little scary. Like, you know, that red dot on the the apps? Do you have that on a Samsung? Like a notification? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a... I don't know if it's like a red dot. Maybe it's just like oh, a Apple's dot. red dot. Yeah, like it's just a dot, It's right? just a dot saying that you have a notification. Exactly, right? But uh-huh. do you ever think like how it's like, it shouldn't be normal to have like this many people contacting you and for the same for you to reach out to all these people. You know, I, I never think about, I, I actually never thought about that. You make up, bring up a good point because I think this is the part where I do kind of take it, maybe I do take it for granted how it's so easy to just, Mm. hit someone up with a message or or a call. Mm. I never realized how easy it is, you know? Maybe I'm just overwhelmed. I was just like, oh my goodness, I need to like have a detox or like turn off my phone. But then you really can't, right? People need you. Like you can even have like business hours, like, oh, don't talk to me during this time to, I don't know, 5 p.m. But like, no, people are always going to hit you up probably after dinner in the Okay, this sounds. This is gonna sound kind of sad, but sometimes I look at my phone and there's just no notifications. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Wait, that's another thing though. Like, you shouldn't feel bad. For having no, notifications. I, I no, I shouldn't. Right, and it's funny because like, it's like that thing where when you're when you're not busy, no one's like contacting you. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, when you get busy, everyone's contacting mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. It's. I feel like I've been I've been in those scenarios more than ever. Actually, I've been in the scenario where like, okay, I'm not going to use my phone for like a long period of time, right? And then I would go when that time period's over, like let's say the whole day, and then I go check my yeah. phone, and then I would just see like no messages. I'd be like, damn. No, no, that's that me too. Damn. I'll be like, no messages. Okay, that's I know fine. it's not a good feeling. I was no. like, well, I felt like I had that expectation then that yeah. someone's going to hit me up. Yeah. But anyways, we I think we just kind of grew up whiffs of device on hand mm-hmm. right actually when i had a phone for the first time in grade eight i think it's very fortunate that i had like a smartphone like a touchscreen device although mm-hmm. i didn't have any like data no really access to wi-fi because you know that's always tricky to do on the phone so still i still had to like grow up and learn how to live life without it mm-hmm. but i think like it hasn't been like the internet hasn't been in my life the entire time 
yeah. right? Like, have you thought about the times when you were a kid before the internet started? <laughs> yeah. This okay. This not that far along. Kind of segues into what I was gonna into our other segment, but mm-hmm. to not actually go into it. Yeah, I think about it sometimes, and I'm like, damn, before the internet. I played with toys. Yeah. I, I read books. I read books. I, I could read Diary of a Wimpy Kid like within a day. And that's not a long book. Yeah. Like, right? no, like I was like, I was pretty interested in books. And like at the time for me, the internet was more so like just for a way for me to play games. It was like a way of entertainment, but not mm-hmm. like my only way. Right. You were actually I would, connected to the internet yeah, too. Yeah. Because I was offline. reading, I was reading books. I was like. You know, just being active, using my imagination. Um, before Microsoft Paint, I was just using paper markers. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Right. Like, it's kind of crazy to think that back then we we can live without it. Right. We can. And like, I don't want to say we still can. It'll just be really hard because it's so ingrained in us. But I also think it's it's helpful, the Internet, because I was like a super shy kid growing up. Mm-hmm. Right, so I don't have any kind of outlet in a way. Like, what am I gonna do? Socialize? No. <laughs> right, so just something to think about, especially that I'm 23 and you are 22, 22 in your Taylor Swift era. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I guess like the internet has not been around for that long either. And then that's going to segue to our next thing, Mm. the internet itself. Yes. How did the internet start? So based on what I found, it's the birth date of the internet. A lot of people consider it to be January 1st, 1983. But the thing is... Oh, I have that here too. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But the road to creating the internet started way before which makes sense, right? So, so what I found was that uh, Nikolai Tesla actually toyed with the idea of a world wireless system in the early 1900s. So the idea was brought up that the, we, we should have the internet, but I guess it was not really, I guess, f- finalized until mm. much, much later. And what I found was that the first workable, portable like, sorry, the first workable prototype of the internet came in the late 1960s with the creation of the RAPA Net, or which stands for Advanced Research Projects Agency Network. ARPA. ARPA. Yeah, I, I didn't know how to read that. I was like, I'll just, I'll, I'll just read the letters out and hope you know how to read I like the words ARPA. Though. ARPA. So yeah, the ARPA Net was created, essentially. I think that's crazy because even before the internet, it wasn't even called the internet. Orpernet. So Orpernet. imagine if we called it Orpernet to this day. Hey guys. You know. I'm going to log into the Orpernet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just sounds weird. But yeah. I also think it's the reason why it was called that is because I don't, because I found that it was not actually used for the public initially. Mm-hmm. It was used for, I think, uh, military related stuff. Yeah, it said here it was. It started in 1969, and it was originally funded by the U.S. Department of Defense. And ARPANET used packet switching. And if you don't know what packet switching is, packet switching is is considered one of the major building blocks of the Internet because it was a way of sending information from one computer to another. It breaks the data down into blocks or packets before sending to its destination. 
That way, each packet can take its own route from place to place. And without packet switching, the ARPANET, sounds weird to say still, but um, the ARPANET <laughs> would, have, would, have just been, would have been just as vulnerable as like a phone system. I also wanted to say that um, ARPA is also derived from DARPA because it's uh, what that stands for is Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. So they also could have named it DARPANET. So DARPA. DARPANET sounds, I'm, I'm thinking of DARPANET for some exactly, reason. Exactly, the first even thing I hear is DARPANET. DARPANET. Yes. Uh, I think it's really interesting because imagine, um, I don't know, just seeing those, um, each of those individual letters and just kind of knowing that it's from a, like a U.S. government agency. It would mm -hmm. be kind of weird now today to like have in mind that the U.S. kind of started all of this. So I'm glad that they didn't go with ARPANET. And then we're going to probably go in later into how they changed it into the internet yes as it evolves yeah you know what's crazy to me is that um it, it, it's i'm surprised but also not how the internet the idea of the internet first started off as a military focused idea you know like i said it was not used it was not made with the intention of being used and shared with, with the public mm -hmm. it was made to be used as military related this was stuff. for you know, exclusive members only yeah. of the U.S. government. Uh, this originated on the Western side. So primarily, like a lot of places in California where they had research institutions. And I, I believe they started um, looking into ARPA because it was, they're kind of rushing against the Russians because the Russians released um, Sputnik. And they're kind of more, ARPA was more interested in developing kind of, like uh, military equipment or space technology, and they're doing more research into that. But what they found um, through one of the members, I believe his name is Joseph Licklitter, he really pushed for the idea that uh, computers would be the main way to, like, should communicate with each other um, in a secure way so that other, other countries are not weighing in on them. But they want to securely talk to each other from across the country or from different parts of the country. Mm. That's actually interesting, because I, um, I never looked into, like, how the creation of the internet started in other countries. I only found it mostly in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I was, I'm glad you brought that up, because it seems like the U.S. and, and Russia clearly have different intentions for the internet. Uh, I think Russia is more like... It was Russia, right? I'm not... It was Russia, but okay. they didn't do anything or oh. what I looked into about the internet. They're just developing. Um, they're just kind of in a race. The, mm. the U.S. and the, Rus the Russians, they're just um, about the best technology, essentially. Mm. So that could be in different ways. Mm -hmm. And then in this case, it was uh, the Russians develop a satellite. And then the Americans are just kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> anything about that. But yeah. then they kind of found their own way, their own interpretation. Oh, that. okay. Okay. But if we're going to talk about different countries and how they started, um, we're going to go all the way back. Uh, this guy named Charles, Charles Babbage, he is considered the father of computers. And in 1822, he's from London, by the way, London, UK, he kind of developed the first of more mechanical computers. So not digital, but you have to consider like that's a really good start. Mm -hmm. right? And this is all the way in 1822. And if we're going to talk about just computers in general, before we even get into the internet, 
Um, I remember in social studies class, they said how computers, like they were massive and they took up the size of rooms, Mm -hmm. basically, you know, from the floor to the ceiling Mm -hmm. and like basically like the size of like a small, small room. But Mm -hmm. these are massive computers. They don't look like what we see today with the screens and they're just, they did the little beep boop beep boop kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like the main uses of these computers, well, like uh, during World War II, they used them for calculations for mathematical problems mm-hmm. and it would take months just to solve one problem right but at the same time it was like once it solved that one problem it could do other things yeah at that time it was pretty advanced mm-hmm. which was pretty cool yeah but the main invention of computer networking i would say it kind of went back into 19 around the 1960s in western u.s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny when you said that the computer is really big, because I remember um, reading this manga called Dr. Stone, right? Mm-hmm. Long story short, it's basically the whole world got petrified. Everyone got turned into stone and the scientist breaks free and is trying to revive all of humanity. Ooh. But he's starting from like square one, right? Back mm-hmm. to like primitive kind of caveman time. And he ended up building a computer the computer was just like that not not just like that like it it, it took a while to get there obviously Mm -hmm. but when he built the first computer or even built like the first his first phone like the first phone that he ever made you had to wear like a backpack full of like electronic stuff just to carry and the first computer he made was like massive too Mm -hmm. so sorry that was just a little (laughs) wait i want to ask you about this story yeah so okay people are frozen yeah everyone was everyone on earth was Mm -hmm. turned into stone Mm -hmm. but one guy finally breaks free from the stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's a scientist. He's a big science guy, right? So he's using the power of science to basically revive the world. What time period does this take place? <sighs> I, I actually don't know. I don't think it's specified what time period. Right. But, but, but the thing is that <laughs> I don't want, I, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but like mm-hmm. a lot of time passes. It was like, <laughs> this guy, this guy that was petrified in stone, he's insane. He was counting the mm. whole time. Because mm-hmm. even though you're petrified, you're still conscious, right? Oh, so was, that's awful. Yeah, so he was counting Ugh. every second no. of every day what the? for like so long. But yeah, that, 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 but it, it was crazy to watch. That's a, oh no, I'm going to watch now. Yeah. That's an interesting premise because. No, really. Yeah. So like when he was thought, he was like, once he was free, yeah. he. He did he know what a phone was or no 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 like, like, again there was no prior invention. No, uh, again he's he's a scientist he's a big science guy right so he has a lot of like knowledge mm. he he just has to apply it right uh-huh. but like during that time he was petrified the world has changed right okay it's not as easy to find a resource it's not easy to find oil or find parts to make the computer you gotta like when I mean like you start from square one I mean you start from square one he's by himself. Yeah, he was by himself. Eventually, he found out he created this miracle fluid that revised one of his friends. But again, it was through trial and error, right? It wasn't, uh, he, he didn't know it right away. It took him so long. So that's the whole premise of the... Yeah. Okay. But it's very interesting. I highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. Dr. Stone. It called? Dr. Dr. Stone. Mm-hmm. Has an anime, manga finish. Pretty good. Anyways. <laughs> um, so... But anyways, we're back to mortals. Stupid yes. mortals, right? Yes. It yes. took us a while to like get things started but i think it's pretty impressive in the u.s there are four computers um spread throughout california i think one mm-hmm. in utah and then you did mention packet switching yes 
which in my notes here, I nicknamed it hot potato routing. Wait, why? <laughs> well, that's what they also coined it as. Did they? Did yeah, they hot actually? potato. I, hot potato routing. I did routing. not see that. Uh, I realized that when we're doing our, our research about the internet, uh, there is a lot of acronyms. Oh, yeah. They yeah. they love their acronyms, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something like TLC. I don't know. Some random stuff. You, you know what's funny, too, is that some some of the acronyms still apply to this day. You know, you know like, for example, you know the IP address? I just found out what IP meant. Internet. Protocol. Poo-poo. What? Protocol. What did you say? Protocol. That's what I said. Okay. But like, I like it, there's a lot of, I just found out what IP meant, like IP address. Just recently? Like, yeah, just recently. It's okay. Just recently, I, I learned what HTTP meant. You know, it's you know funny. What I, I also kind of got a refresher of what WWW meant, <laughs> even though it's pretty simple. <laughs> but I never oh think. Of, but anyways, I think we're jumping a little bit ahead yeah, of ourselves. Yeah, we are. Talking about. But like, it just shows how. We're so used on how to work around different technology, but we didn't really know the source of it, or we don't even question what it means. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to be very hard to unpack what we've talked about in the internet and all the different acronyms and what they've used for. Mm -hmm. But here, we're going to go back, and we just mentioned packet switching, which actually was a big move. Yes. Um, uh, this was different from circuit switching. And circuit switching, it would be wired connected networks and it was invented for voice transfer so oh. very you know for telephone basically mm -hmm. uh this would be harder because uh, they're basically working with with wires and with packet switching it was more efficient when you're kind of working with multiple packets and they're they can be sent from various sources through the same link Whereas circuit switching, you can only work from one source and it has to be predetermined where that that signal kind of goes into. Mm -hmm. In which case, it's just like a phone call from one person to another. For packet switching, it kind of changed the game there. Oh yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. And I think it really changed the game because in October 29, 1996, the ARPANET delivered its first message, a node-to-node -node communication from one computer to another. Um, their first computer, you mentioned there was four. I don't know if this is what you found, but it said here the first computer is located in a research lab at UCLA, and the second one was at Stanford. Yes, and I did uh, get that each one. of them was the size of a small house, which ties back to what we said about them being big. Now, uh, I know we said as big as a room, but not a small house. That's kind of crazy. What is a small house? Yeah, I guess just house size. House size. But the first message they tried to send was log in, mm -hmm. but it actually crashed the ARPA network, and the Stanford computer only received. The first two letters of login. Low. And I think they really improved it and stepped it up from there because in 1971, they added the University the university of Hawaii's Aloha Net. I just realized how that correlates with Hawaii. Anyways, <laughs> two years later, they added networks at London's University College and the Royal Radar Establishment in Norway. And as packet switch computer networks multiplied, because as we mentioned, packet, switch, packet switching is really integral to the internet, it became more difficult for them to integrate into like a single worldwide internet. Mm. Actually, can I backtrack? Yeah. The first internet message, did you say 1960? Uh, 69. Oh, okay. I have 1969. I heard okay. something different. Sorry okay. about that. No, it's all good. I just wanted to ask, imagine receiving this 
message for the first time. I just want to know, like, were they anticipating? Because they were at different location. Were they anticipating that someone was going to send this message? So were they waiting? Right. And did they, did they know what the message was? Yeah. Or were they just like, oh, my God, it beeped. Something yeah. sent me. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. is that is yeah. who's talking to me? Right. You know, what's funny is that, you know how it says that the the computer was like the size of a small house. So I'm trying to imagine. So if it crashes, <laughs> I'm thinking the of a house. house. Did the house just crash, like fall down? Oh, is that what they meant? No, I don't know if that's what they meant, but I'm just like, imagine so if it's that's a size, it came from. Yeah, if it's a size of a small house, the house and the house crash, they, like, they just fall apart. Like if the whole computer crashed. But like, what does it mean by like the computer crashing? Like everything's on fire or like it just yeah. stopped working? <laughs> but we'll never know. You really thought about the no, I just had house. That yeah, I just had that thought. I'm like, is the small house on fire? fire? Did it like just break? <laughs> How did it crash? Anyways. Or did it disappear into thin air? Yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, I also want to say. Yeah. In, because you ended off at 1971. Yeah. What also happened in 1971 was the birth of the email. The first really? email. Uh, this guy named Ray Tomlinson, he sent an email to himself. And I just thought that, well, if I were to send an email to myself, being one of the first people to send an email, I would probably be like, this is from future Andrea speaking. <laughs> that kind of dumb kind of email yeah. thing. And I'd be like, I've warned you so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Just to like send a prank. Mm-hmm. Not to myself, but to other people. Wow, first email. You know, it, it, that kind of surprised me. I didn't think it was capable of emails until you just mentioned that. At 1971. I mean, considering that they crashed their first message, <laughs> login to low, and then now they, they got some emails running. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're ready for the corporate world. I guess so, because um, as I said, like it was very difficult for them to integrate multiple computer networks, right? Mm. That changed in, uh, when these two scientists, Bob Kahn and Vinton Cerf, developed the transmission control protocol, an internet protocol, or TCP slash IP, which is a communication model that set standards for how data could be transmitted between multiple networks. It was a way for all of the computers on all of the world's many network to communicate with one another. One person described Surf's protocol as the handshake that introduces distant and different computers to each other in a virtual space. Oh, I like that. Kind yeah. of like a handshake. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> I think of those mini networks as like their own kind of world and they're finally meeting each other. Oh, I like that because yeah. I guess they had the ball rolling. They had. They had packet switching working for them, mm-hmm. but hasn't really, other things haven't come across each other. They're all kind of working in their own network, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, what also happened in 1983, DNS, which was, which is the domain name system, that was created. Oh, wow. Uh, that was created by Paul Petrus, And this was because registering, registering, sorry, this was because registering under a single domain began to grow rapidly. So it was adopted to have a naming system. And by 1986, that's when DNS was available to the public. And going back to what you said about TCP, Transmission Control Protocol, I guess that still wasn't available commercially to the public either. Mm. I think all of this, as we're still developing, developing the internet, from the 60s to the 80s, I think that was more more secluded to people who who are like in university, in yeah, the research who, labs. Yeah, who had who had resources. Yeah, had resources or in the government. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So back to what you said, um, the ARPANET, um, even though the protocol uh, TCP and IP was created, the ARPANET didn't adopt it until January 1st, 1983, which probably explains why a lot of people think it's like the birth date of, you know, the internet. Because once they adopted the TCP slash IP, researchers began to assemble the network of networks that became the modern internet. You know, the online, and but the online world truly took off in 1990 when the computer scientist Tim, Ber- Tim Berns-Lee invented the World Wide Web, otherwise known as WWW, W-W. which I just found out. Yay. Anyways, <laughs> the internet was not was now not simply a way to send files from one place to another, but it was it was a web of information that anyone on the internet could retrieve. And some would argue that Burns Lee created inter- the internet that we know today. Oh, it's interesting how you said before it used to be sending files, mm-hmm. right? But now it's been opened up. Yeah, kind of more of a interface that people can mm-hmm. interact with yeah for let's see here sorry i just wanted to bring up another thing that kind of occurred to me about how it's used for military mm-hmm. like purposes initially i remember just watching a lot of media and how <laughs> dr stone funny enough right yeah um so at one point there was kind of like well, i don't want to spoil it but basically mm-hmm. at one point they highlighted how they prioritized making a cell phone over Getting more soldiers oh. because communication and information is so vital oh. in, in wars. Wait, that's that's so interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's why. So when you were saying how it's not about sending files from one place to another, got me thinking how, okay, it was probably meant, the internet was probably just made to communicate better, to kind of have more of a, like whoever has the internet to send the messages and receive it the fastest has the edge over the other side right. in a war. That's what, I, that's what I was thinking of. And I'm like, you know, that probably explains why it was used for like military. Right. Yeah. And that was like, that's kind of my own definition of the internet. Like, well, it's, it's all about communication. Mm-hmm. And then even if we go all the way back to Joseph Lidlicker, who was a part of creating ARPA, that's what he really, really wanted to emphasize. It's like, we can actually communicate using computers, not just doing calculations, not just, storing things mm-hmm. can actually able to reach out someone probably in a more faster way but they just didn't know how yet and after the ARPANET in 1986 um, the NSFNet which doesn't have a good ring to it mm-hmm. that stands for National Science Foundation they replaced the, the ARPANET which is still owned by the US government mm-hmm. it took over the ARPANET and now they call it NSFNet and Still, it hasn't been open to the ordinary citizen. This was still was used. Now it's outside of military reach, but now it's for university scientists still across the country of the United States for people to start mm-hmm. start talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So when did like <laughs> when did you find that the internet was fully accessible to the public? If you were able to find that. Because I don't mm-hmm. think I was able to find that, but based on what you're saying, it, it took a while. It took it to, a while. To be accessible it to it really um, publicized in the 1990s. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Because um, I think, again, back to WWW, which I, again, just found out was the World Wide Web. You know, a <laughs> lot of people oftenly wrongly refer to it as the internet when it's 
really not the internet. It's just a common way to access the internet. Mm. I think back to what you were saying about how the domain names kind of change. By adding www, it made those domains more accessible. Because mm-hmm. according to history.com, the World Wide Web helped make the internet more popular. And I think that popularity really exploded. Mm-hmm. And that's when it became accessible to the public. It became more than just sending files from one place to another. I think even when they created DNS in 1983, that's when they still haven't even used www because mm-hmm. it hasn't even been a concept then. Mm-hmm. They would have the .com at the end. Yeah. But then I think that's how it, that came from the birth of the email because you know you have the first part is the name and mm-hmm. then it's divided by the at sign mm-hmm. and then you have the host name yeah. and then the .com. And then that's where it kind of grew from there. Yeah. I like to think the www is kind of like the key to the door mm-hmm. of the internet. And that's how. Wait till we get to HTTP (laughs) slash slash. I don't. I still don't know what that means. But (laughs) we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Anyways, (laughs) let's talk about the next thing, which is society's initial take on it. So, I thought it was going to be hard to find what society's initial reaction. Me too. To the internet, Mm -hmm. but I found some. But I found something interesting. You know, I watched a video actually called "Flashback: The Internet in 1995." Oh, right. and it, it was like a legit video on YouTube. Like there mm-hmm. was like the the video, the clips they were playing were very like old, right? And people were seeing a lot of different things. They were saying like you know every business, no matter how large or how small, will be on the internet. In, will be on the internet by the year two thousand because it was the primary way that people look up information. You know, it'll replace the yellow pages book. I don't know if your parents ever yes, owned a I yellow still page book. Um, but that's it, it, still around. Yeah, I think my, my parents do it out. Really? But yeah, but it will replace that. And I think a lot of people are getting on the internet because I, I think of it like whenever a new product comes out, everyone wants to be on like the newest, hottest, hippest thing. Right. Right. And I think for businesses, they wanted to get on the internet as soon as possible because they want to get, get onto the, to get ahead of the playing field in mm-hmm. their competition. Right. <laughs> but this was 1995? Yes, 1995. Oh, I didn't know that over business were already on top of trying to create something. That's what, their presence uh, yeah. online. That's what some people were saying. And then one person kind of predicted how the internet would affect this. They said uh-huh. if they subscribe to something like the internet, they would be so hooked onto it, they would never spend time with their family, <laughs> which I find kind of true, unfortunately. <laughs> And <laughs> I can't disagree or else I'll be a hypocrite. So. Yeah. <laughs> One person said it was the group therapy of the 90s because group therapy. because you can just call, talk to and meet anyone on the Internet. Mm. Right. And I'm like, I mean, I guess it's group therapy. I feel like it's something else if it's therapy. Anyways. And I think the most interesting point, you brought this up earlier, how it was really shocking to like to you. It's, it's kind of surprising how people can easily contact you or you can easily contact other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Because this person said they had no desire to be part of the internet because they felt like they're already bombarded with so much information and the internet would just be like overkill. Overkill. Is that's, that kind of similar how I'm feeling to how you now. feel? I can see how valuable it is, but right now I'm like, damn, it, it's just, it's I'm easy. already outside the house and <laughs> yeah, uh, like I get like notification about the news and yeah. things are falling out the sky. Well, just one day at a time, right? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> but sometimes you have to know. Yeah, sometimes you have to know. But yeah, that's what I, I found that video really interesting because it was a lot of. It, I want to say, I felt like there was not a lot of positives. There was kind of more negatives or like. Oh, why is maybe. that? Maybe. 
because like you know a lot of people are like like I mentioned uh, that that person said that they don't they don't want to feel old, like bombarded with more information with the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, they said if they subscribe to something like the internet, they'd be so hooked onto it they never spend time with family, and you know replacing like the yellow pages like those yellow page books. Mm-hmm. Some may not like that. Some may do like that, right? So I found that a lot of the, for me at least, society's initial take on it was mostly negative. What because I guess people are kind of scared. Because what, 1983? That's 40 years old. The internet yeah, is... I feel old now. You feel old? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Compared no, I'm kidding. to like the, like the internet's a baby and I'm just like... yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it grown yet. Yeah. And then to think that my my parents are older than the internet. So it explains why they have more difficulty. That's true. Navigating. Mm-hmm. It's like the typical, like you grab a phone and they're like trying to <laughs> poke at it with one finger. I don't oh, know why yeah. it's always the one finger. No, yeah. No, seriously. Because everyone's using their phone on one hand, like using their on thumb to hand. swipe. And then I see my parents and they're like using oh, their other hand. They're trying to stab at it. Yeah. And... No, the, the internet's still fairly new. Um, people can also have their debates on how the internet actually started and what is the internet. Mm-hmm. Some people would say like, oh, it's from all the way like the computers, like the, down to the mechanics of it. But even then people would say like, well, the internet wasn't even available to us until like 90s. Mm-hmm. And even then they had difficulties. Um, I don't know if you heard this from if you have like older cousins or older family members and they said like when they would use the phone the internet would not work at the same time as the phone oh i don't think i heard of that yeah i don't think i heard it from like my experience but i think i definitely had heard of that right right like that's such a like a thing to get my head over because i didn't experience that but if you really want to make a phone call to a friend then let's say you have your sibling in another room they can't do the stuff on their mm-hmm. on their computer yeah. and you have to wait for them to be done. Yeah. So we've we've come a long way. Oh yeah. Uh what I've got for society's take during the developmental process of of the internet and like they don't even know what was coming to them. Yeah. Um since nineteen sixty nine, uh I think they had other things to to worry about oh, on a really? global scale. Really? The the Vietnam War ended and the Cold War, it like it ex- the Cold War escalated, then it declined. The Berlin Wall fell. Just a lot of things globally mm-hmm. happened, and how it'll be interesting for the next episode how we can talk about the internet globally instead of just talking primarily in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Do you think that because so much was happening at the world at the time, and and from what you tell me, it's very negative, mm-hmm. right? Do you think that that's that negativity, like that kind of perception of like, oh my God, there's so much, I don't want to say catastrophic, but like big things happening. Oh no, like, I think these are pretty big okay. life yeah, stories. I, I, I know, I know, I know. But like, do you think that like, because all that was happening, that's why a lot of people were afraid? Or like kind of had negative negative perception of the internet based on like what I could yeah. make my assumptions on because this was developed through the government uh, for military reasons. I feel like people are 
back then they were probably cautious because, you know, how, how can we trust these people? We've already been through so much. Mm-hmm. And like, is this thing used as a weapon? Yeah. Exactly. Right. I mean, with how it started, if, they, if people knew the intention, they could probably, it probably does sound like it started off as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned all those events happened around 1995, right? 1990, 1900s, 1990s. Oh, the events? Since 1969. Okay. Well. And even previously before that, mm -hmm. they had a lot of, like the ordinary citizen, they had other things going on in their head than than trying to talk to to someone via phone. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And the thing I wanted to talk about was that, you know, before things became, before things like Google and iPhone and Facebook became a thing, that kind of time period before all those major things happened because those major things, which we'll talk about maybe another time, was pretty, could be considered life-changing to the internet. Uh, there's actually a book called Resisting the Virtual Life published in 1995 that challenged Ooh. the ideas of the internet. The book talked about how the internet would bring economic stability, um, sorry, economic instability. And they would say that they would say the, um, they were worried about the discriminatory possibilities of data harvesting and cataloging the unfairness of gender online. They Wait were so minute. worried that people of color would be discriminated against in new ways and people would lose their jobs mm-hmm. to computers, which blows my mind how that kind of negative perception started in 1995. I was in 1995. Like five years before I was like born. Like they were warning us. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also this other article I found. This is probably the most, <laughs> this article isn't really like an academic article, or like a news article. It's more like a rant. Yeah. And so this article was published by Clifford Stoll in 1995 called Why the Web Won't Be Nirvana. Mm. And he was criticizing the internet. And, I, and I'll quote what he says. He says, while the internet beacons brightly, sedu- seduct- seductively flashing an icon of knowledge as power, this non-place lures us to surrender our time on Earth. He says what we're missing from the electronic wonderland is human contact. He says computers and networks isolate us from one another. A network chat line is a limp substitute for meeting friends over coffee. No interactive multimedia, no interactive multimedia display comes close to the excitement of a live concert. And then he said this part. And really, who'd prefer cyber sex to the real thing? <laughs> so Wait, they had that in 1995? Yeah, I, I don't know if that's true, but the, but he was complaining about that, so maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, he would know. it's kind of crazy that five years before I was born, right. there was already a negative perception of the internet. That was pretty deep what he said there. Yeah. So would you say that he's pretty accurate now? You know... That's a that's a rough one, but I'm not gonna say he's wrong. I can see his side, but I don't fully agree with it. So to compare you and me about when we talked about our perspective on the internet, you're pretty more positive, and I think I kind of lean more towards negative. Negative. (laughs) Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we're good cop. So I'm good cop, and you're bad cop. (laughs) But it's fine. I just still appreciate it. Of course, wouldn't take it for granted. Yeah. I think, I think we talked about doing the whole what whole month without using. Yeah, and you any think device. you can do it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, <laughs> yeah. But it would be nice. Yeah, I think so too. Like uh, I remember that. Like, I honestly, I'll just be I, more productive. 
there's but, a like, better version of me. Don't you need to me. look up things? I mean, they 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 went to the library. So you're gonna go out of your way, go to the library to find a book on how to wait do a something. minute, and then I have to use the computer. Exactly. <laughs> there's no escape. I'm there's sorry. No escape. I'm not saying like I'm a good cop where like I fully support you. I see the bads, but like I said, it's so integrated into our lives that. I don't want to say it's like a, because you know how like there's needs and wants. I don't want to say it's a need, but sometimes it feels like it mm. to me. And that's what we're talking about next time. Yes. But yeah, like, um, do you have anything else to talk about in terms of society's initial take on the internet that I may not have covered? I'm just surprised the sources that you pulled from they're already making commentary and they're kind of like warning people. They're like, yeah. this can't be trusted. Mm. What are we doing? And then how, I guess they didn't see what kind of negative effects it would have on people years mm. to come later. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's when it just started. So mm -hmm. it's really interesting how that came about. Yeah. I, again, it still blows my mind that like, I'm not surprised there's a negative perception of the internet. Like, cause you know, like, based on all the stuff that's happening, you want to be wary of that stuff, right? But I will say it is very interesting to find that there's already books, movements, mm. people just writing and ranting about it mm. already, <laughs> probably using the internet, you know, using the very thing they don't like to talk about the thing they don't like, which I, for all I know, which I found really interesting. Yeah. Next thing I want to talk about, and the very last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up the podcast is... What do you think is the most important time for the internet's development? Because the internet's always evolving. It evolves at various different stages. You know, like in 1969, we had like the, we had the ARPANET. In 1971, the ARPANET adopted the TCP and IP. I could be getting those totally wrong, but, you know, stuff like that happens, right? So what do you think is a very important time for the internet's development? I mean, even though the birthday technically was... 1983 i think even before that when they were talking about they're probably talking about it back in 1969 so back in 1969 they were just exchanging the ideas or not even 1969 1963 they're exchanging the ideas so even though it wasn't made out to the public yet um i think it's very important that they were kind of pulling away from government relations military basis and mm -hmm. like actually how to use it at a higher level from the education standpoint and mm -hmm. then that's how it kind of spread around the information to the public eventually mm -hmm. so you think 1969 no, 96 96 69 69 in the 1960s okay you think that's when mm -hmm. the internet okay i thought you said 1996 because i was going to say like the time i think the internet really kind of exploded was 1997 because that's when mm. Wi-Fi was invented. Oh. And because, you know, I think the internet, I, I'm just going off of the assumptions of what we talked about, right? Is how the internet is like really cool. But let's be honest, no one wants to have a computer the size of a small house. No one wants to be using their phone line and then cuts out because someone's using the internet or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not really, like I, I want to like say that like, I, I, I want to assume that, like, one of the reasons people might not like internet is because of how inconvenient it was. It took a lot to set up, mm -hmm. you know? 
So that's why I think Wi-Fi being invented was really important because it was first released to consumers in 1997. This committee, this com, uh, committee called um, 802.11, I'm sorry, they don't have a name. <laughs> they were created and they led to the creation of IEE 802.11, which I don't know what that means, the IEE part. <laughs> I assume it's something internet related. But anyways, it was a set of standards that defined the communication for wireless local area networks, right? Wi-Fi has just enabled a large number of consumer electronics and computing devices to become interconnected and exchange information, which apparently is known as a phenomenon called the Internet of Things. Have you ever heard of that before? The Internet of Things? Yes, it's actually a phenomenon. I just found that out. I think I heard of it, what, but maybe we should go into it. What do you think it is? The Internet of Things? I it's, thought it was like people commenting What on the... No? Maybe think something different. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what's weird is that the Internet of Things, the term IoT, it's weird because I'm just like, isn't it just the Internet? No. Um, apparently, it refers to this collective network of connected devices and technology that facilitates communication between the device and the cloud, as well as the devices themselves. So think of an Apple Watch. An Apple Watch can turn into our wrist into a smartphone because it's connected to our smartphone. Mm. Think of a Google Home. When we tell it to like, you know, play music, provide a weather report, order something, that those are considered Internet of Things, mm. which I found kind of crazy because, again, when I heard of Internet of Things, I'm like, isn't it just the Internet? But I guess what Internet of Things mean refers to like that kind of network that the those things have. Mm. It's kind of like their own Internet. I'm sorry. This sounds really confusing and I'm getting kind of confused. But anyways, oh, I don't think it's confusing. <laughs> bottom line yourself. is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Bottom line is, according to Wi-Fi.org, the Internet, sorry, the Internet of Things, the IoT, is one of the most exciting waves of innovation that the world has witnessed, and as its potential has only just begun to emerge. Ashley, I would like to change my answer. So, <laughs> okay. instead of 1960s, I would probably say around 1994. That's when they started bringing out web browsers. So even before Google, mm -hmm. actually, let's do a quick Google search while I do this. So Here she's cheating. No, I'm kidding. Is this cheating? <laughs> I when don't did know. Google start? So even before Google, because Google started in 1998, mm -hmm. um, in 1994, they had something similar to Firefox. I believe this was Netscape oh, Navigator. Oh, I, I heard of that. Yeah. And wouldn't that be so funny if our name was actually Netscape Navigator? You know what's it's funny a, is that I don't know why Netscape makes me think of, I don't know if you've played this game called Neopets. Yeah. I don't know why it makes me think of Neopets for some reason, maybe because it just starts with an N. Right. But Netscape, it's fine as a name. But you haven't tried it out. Okay, well, here's the thing too. Well, here's the thing too, right, is mm -hmm. that something we have to keep in mind is that the reason the internet... A lot. I think there's a lot. Another reason I found that there was a lot of negative perception of the internet was because it was slow. Like it took so long to process one image, and that's something we will never experience because we'll complain about how slow our Wi-Fi is sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god, we're not connecting to the web. But people back then, they probably been waiting for so long just for one image to process. I, I heard of that, like how, or I seen it actually probably through my cousin. So I never have to like have the urgency to get an image but i've probably seen that image slowly creeping up 
pixel by pixel. Yeah. And that's frustrating. That is frustrating. But I don't think that's the overall negative thing. No, no, no. Because at the time, that's all they had. That's all they yeah, knew. Yeah. So they didn't know. No, no. I'm not saying it's like an overall negative thing, but it, it is like it was one, a, of the, one of the... One of the cons. Yeah. Possibly one of the reasons. Yeah. But I would say that the invention of the web browser, it made things a lot more accessible yeah. for people to kind of seek the information that they wanted to know, made them more curious that way. Mm, that's true. And I think it ties back to what you were saying about your experience about the internet. You just mm -hmm. kind of played around until we figured it out. Mm -hmm. That concludes our journey of exploring the origin of the internet. We hope you learned something new and tune in next time as we explore another part of the internet, probably part two of the origin, because again, there's still a lot to cover. We only, what, touched the tip of the iceberg of it. We only talked about the internet pre-2000s and a lot, and there's still probably a lot we haven't covered. I think we should definitely go more into the 80s and 90s portion of it. Did it exist in the 80s? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm making this intro longer than it should, extra <laughs> longer than it should be. But anyways, my name is Alex. And I'm Andrea. And we're signing off. <laughs>